I've taken the moment to uh, light the candles of the Advent this morning and celebrate the greatness of God. Uh, this is uh, the, the great celebration of the story of God as He embraces the world. I, I don't know if what your Christmas decorations look like in your home, but I would like to suggest that this year you add a, a, an Advent wreath to your collection. Uh, perhaps you haven't done this, but, but I, I, want to, I want to suggest it. I want to speak of it a little bit in the beginning of my message today as we continue to talk about your best Christmas ever. Your best Christmas. How many would like to turn Christmas around? Anybody want to do that? How many believe Christmas needs a revival? Maybe Christmas actually needs to get saved. Right? Some of you are so stressed about it. And uh, seeing these babies in the room today really moves me. I want to make sure that the next generation can reclaim the advent. And it's going to begin when we do it. Uh, I don't know if perhaps it was just, uh, you know, women do things. How many know women can do stuff? Anybody know that? It's their house. Somebody shout, amen, it's their house. They can do what they want to do with it. All right, so this year, you know, we were, it was, it was Thanksgiving was over, and we did the thing that uh, we usually do, and that is Ricky climbs up in the attic and starts pulling down those boxes of Christmas decorations. And But Diane had already warned me earlier. She said, I don't want to put the same decorations back on the tree this year that we had on last year. Anybody ever have that happen? Come on. Can I, get it? I got upset about it, but uh, off we went, and there are some really good stores out there. Got a lot of Christmas decorations out there. And after I looked at the decorations that we had for the tree, I had to, uh, I had to confess this reality, that some of those Christmas decorations had, they had fulfilled their calling. Can I get a female amen in the house? We had been putting those on the trees for a few years, and I, re I remembered when we bought those Christmas decorations. I remembered that it was, it, that, wow, I liked them. Had little nativity, you know, scenes around the edge of them. I liked that. I liked them nativity scenes and things like that. But Diane had some other ideas, and part of her idea was to trash those. I know. I was sorry. That's it. And we had some others, and we, you know, some older decorations that we'd had over the years. We put those on another little tree somewhere because she knew that my little heart was getting broken just a little bit about those decorations. And uh, so, so we put them on. And I, as, as, we, as we enter into the season, I want you to get this under, I want you to embrace this understanding. God wants to do something new. Say it. God wants to do something new. Say it was to do something new in your home and in your, in your family. It is my choice in this teaching to continue talking to you about the Holy One is to be born, who is the Son of God. I want to talk about that, but I want to enlarge it uh, as we continue in this series. I have spent some significant time uh, going back and restudying uh, some of our traditions, but rather than just studying what everybody else has to say, 
uh, to look historically at this particular season. Uh, something else that we have done uh, over the, as we moved into the fall was we decided that it was time to get that tub of old uh, VHS tapes and transform them to digital. And uh, in the process uh, of doing that, we have watched lots of them. Uh, one of my favorite moments is, uh, and I don't have the video for you today, but uh, one of my favorite moments was with a dog that we used to have. Uh, when we uh, moved here several years ago, we used to have this white Spitz Chow dog. Somebody might remember it. I know John has a hate relationship with it back there. <laughs> might have invested a little bit of skin. John, he was, he, he, was, he was not the most wonderful dog in the world. He, uh, he liked people for dinner. And, uh, but he was great for us. I mean, he was great around our house. And uh, we, we were looking at some, of, uh, some pictures of when you know, our, our children were like five and seven years old. And it was a, a Christmas. And we put all of the, uh, you know, we had the, because we used to, I mean, we had, once you got a video camera, I mean, you just went crazy. Anybody know what I'm saying? You went crazy. You videoed everything. You just turn it on in the side of the room and just let that baby go. And so we did that, put them to bed, videoed it. You know, after they were asleep, videoed that. And then uh, walked back in and did close-ups on the ornaments on the trees. And, and as we came back in this one particular day, Spuff uh, decided that the cookies that we had laid out for Santa and the milk that they were for him. And so I, we had video of our dog Spuff hijacking Santa's cookies and milk. And he finished it. I'm telling you, I ate every sugar cookie and, uh, and drank and, and all the milk all the way to the bottom of the glass. Uh, and I was watching that and, it, and the thought came to me is that the advent has been hijacked. The Advent, the season that, that we love has been hijacked. And I was thinking, we were so, we were so busy laughing at, at our dog Spuff as he was eating all of Santa's cookies that never, it was just funny. And I think sometimes when it comes to Christmas, because it is a, how many know that it is a possibility, it is a possibility to laugh and not have joy. It's a possibility to... Uh, actually think about the future and not have hope. The candles of the Advent rec represent, uh, and, and I got all this at Walmart, okay, Walmart. Uh, candles and everything. I had the candles, everything that I needed. But the candles all represent certain aspects of the Advent, which is the arrival, and, and, and principles by which we should live. Uh, hope, Right? Uh, how many know hope matters? We've got to have hope. And peace and joy and love. And the white candle represents Christ. And the wreath itself, the evergreen wreath that you put around it, uh, represents eternity. Uh, you realize that Jesus that was not just born on Christmas Day, right? That he is the Alpha and the Omega. Do you understand? That he always has been. He was there in the beginning 
and we see him in the Old Testament. Uh, we certainly see him in the New Testament, and we will see him again when he returns. So, yeah, praise the Lord. So my purpose here is to reclaim uh, the Advent, to reclaim this celebration. We've lost so much. Last week, I don't know if you did this, but last week we passed out candles, uh, just some little votive candles. Uh, I found that, for me, uh, that these little candles seem to last better than the ones that I passed out in the glass. Anybody else find that to be true when you're praying? And what we've asked you to do is light a candle, at least a candle, if you don't have the wreath, light a candle and make that, let that become your prayer candle. And as the candle burns, uh, you'll notice how much you're praying during the season, right? And, and hopefully you will need a new candle. I was, somebody came to me and said, Pastor, those candles burn really fast. And I thought, God bless you for praying. I was just so, <laughs> so moved by your prayers. Uh, if you didn't pick up a candle, there's, there's a little bag of candles right there. You can pick up one after service if you want to. Or just get a candle and call it your prayer candle. We talked last Sunday about how to pray, process of prayer. And what, what is our acronym for prayer? CATS, which stands for what? Confession, adoration, thanksgiving, what? Supplication. So we begin with confession, just talking to God and telling Him how we're feeling, dealing with our lives, letting the Holy Spirit just get that stuff out. And we determined you don't have to butter up God before you confess. Right? Like, God, you're really handsome, and we love your toga and your pretty white hair. And so, by the way, I did some things wrong. Okay? You don't have to do that with God. Right? Uh, just, he already knows what's going on. So just, just come in. Uh, we, we talked about the tabernacle last week. Just get to, that, get to that bowl of water and go ahead and wash your hands. And come into the presence of God with clean hands and a pure heart. Right? And then adoration. Don't forget the cross. Talk to him about the cross. Uh, celebrate the cross. You should, you should be receiving spiritual communion even when you don't have the cup and the wafer in your hand. And then continue uh, into thanksgiving. Go ahead and thank God. Don't forget to thank God for what he's already done. How many have seen God do miracles in your life already? And then go ahead and lay all of your needs before him. So, so do that. Light the candle and continue to participate in this. So uh, these are important things. And, and when we light the candles, uh, listen to me. What I am teaching you right now, I'm not trying to rob you of some of your tradition, but I want you to know that what I'm teaching you is more important than the elf on the shelf. I know I didn't get any little kid amens right now, but it, this is more important, making sure that that the celebration of Christ is heavenly, heavenly, heavenly uh, engaged. We're heavily engaged in the message of Christ during the season. Not kind of, sort of, oh yeah, I got, you know, there's, you know, baby Jesus over there in the manger. No, heavily, heavily involved. And don't, you don't have to force this. Uh, some of you are trying to, to figure out how am I going to get my next generation 
uh, heavily involved in Christ. How am I going to introduce it? Make sure that your Christmas traditions are about the Advent, all right? Make sure that they're heavily involved in it. So uh, we've done the Advent wreath. Again, don't, don't, be, uh, don't be afraid of lighting some candles around your house and, and celebrating also when we, uh, we celebrated this past week, uh, this past Sunday, we, taught, we lit candles with the understanding of our opening teaching on how God answers our prayers. We went into the tabernacle or in the, in the temple and we, we saw Zechariah as he gets a, a, a visitation from Gabriel as he's standing there at the altar of incense and he takes coals from off the altar of sacrifice and he takes the incense and he mixes them together and the smoke goes up. And we have determined this, that, that our prayers are as incense before God. And he's not up there saying, man, here they come. Are they calling again? You know, like your buds that call on the phone and you thank God that you have caller ID because you didn't want to talk to them. You know? All right. God is not that way. God, to, to God, your prayers are a sweet aroma. And God is in charge of it. If you remember my teaching on incense, the, the, the incense was a particular recipe for incense that was God's and God's alone. So, so you understand, God created prayer. He provided it as an opportunity for you. So uh, celebrate that. Involve yourself in it. So today, uh, we want to talk about the candle of hope, and we want to talk about the, the uh, a candle of peace or preparation. We're going to talk about that in my teaching today on God's miraculous ways. God's miraculous ways. Looking in Luke chapter 1, verse 26. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. How many believe God still does miracles? Anybody believe that? I think sometimes we, we lose that. And when I, say, when I say this, that God wants to do the miraculous in your life, some of you are really excited about it, and some of you are at that place of, come on, Pastor, be careful. Don't get, don't, don't get my expectations up, you know, because you have lived in difficulty for so long you just don't want to be disappointed. So de depression is that cycle of something bad happens, and so you expect more bad things to happen. And then you begin to live in that downward spiral. Anybody been there? Anybody been there? That downward spiral of hopelessness. How many know hopefulness is better than hopelessness? Anybody believe that? So, so I, want, uh, I want to, in lighting the candle of hope today, I want to talk about this. Any control freaks in the room? All right. We got one or two? Um, uh, how many ever struggle with God's ways? Anybody ever struggle with the way that God does things? Right? Because you will light your candle and begin to pray and you'll get to the supplication part and rather than putting it in the hands of God, you'll say, uh, oh, and by the way, God, 
here are some contingencies on the way that I want you to answer my prayer. Anybody got that? Not only do I want you to do this, but I'd like you to do it this particular day. And I'd like the drapes to be this particular color. I'd like the weather to be this way. Come on. And I'd like the following individuals to be in the room. That sort of control. See, we often don't believe God is moving unless we see him moving the way we want him to move. It's, it's like, God, this is what I want, and this is how I want you to do it. We have prayer requests, but then we have subtopics on our... How many have been there before? This couldn't be God because I also gave him my contingencies. But the old, come on, old saints know what I'm talking about. Old saints, we used to say it this way. I say we. We used to say it this way. God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. Come on, say it. God works in mysterious ways his wonders to perform. So here's my big idea today. God is faithful even when you don't see it happening the way you want it to happen. It's still happening. In order to see God's miraculous ways, in order to understand it, we should go to the advent. We should go to the arrival of Christ. We should discuss this and we should consider these miracles. In Luke chapter 1 verse 26, let's read through the first, uh, verse 38. Now in the sixth month, and you might want to underline that, in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. Look at all the complication. Hear this. The virgin's name was Mary, and having coming, come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Verse 30. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God, and behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of, God, the, son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, after, after, after the angel gives her a really good understanding, Mary kind of sounds like us. Mary said to the angel, how can this be? <laughs> Let me rephrase this. How are you going to do this? I need more details. Come on. Can I get a female amen in the house right now? Alto, soprano, come on, where are you? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do this? I don't, I don't even know, I don't know a man. And when she said, I don't know a man, she wasn't saying that she didn't know any men. She was saying that she was a virgin, okay? I have not, I do not know a man. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is born, to be born will be called the Son of God. Now stop. Well, what is that about the Holy Spirit? What, what is this? What does he say? The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. I don't have, 
I don't have any understanding of that. I, I don't, I'm, in my mind, the uh, Holy Spirit's going to come upon me, and God's going to do something in me of heaven that's not of the earth. I don't, I don't have a book. I don't have a DIY YouTube video for what that looks like. I don't, I don't have, my thoughts, can't, I can't wrap my head around that. Anybody know what I'm saying? So, so when we pray for you and say, we're praying that God's going to do some, Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and do some great things. What's that about? Does that mean I stand up? Does that mean I cry? Does that mean uh, I dance all around the room? Does that mean I'm going to shout? Does that mean I'm going to be quiet? What is that about? Don't, you don't get all the answers. Praise God. But then he says this. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. So a few lessons this morning regarding God's miraculous ways. First lesson, God's timing is always perfect. Come on, say it. God's timing is always perfect. We used to say, he may not come when you want him, but he's right on time. Now look at this. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. In the sixth month. Now here's a scripture moment that is regularly overlooked. Why does the Bible say in the sixth month? It was... If in the sixth month, does that mean it was June? Does that, what, what does it mean by the sixth month? It, it is the point, it, it is the point of the reality that what God is doing in Mary's life as Christ is conceived inside of her is directly connected to what God is doing somewhere else at the same time. What God is doing now, come on, God didn't just wake up and say, well, you know, I'm going to have to clean the house today. It's just been a mess. for No, God doesn't wake up and just have a, a wild thought. I'm, you know, today, might as well, I've got anything else to do. You know, it's Saturday. It's my day off. I, I think I'm going to send an angel to Gabriel. No, Gabriel had been kind of busy uh, as of late. You see, how many have ever struggled waiting on God? Anybody ever struggled waiting on God? Come on, wave at me. You, I mean, God, you, you say, well, God, why haven't you done this? I have prayed about this for years, and you haven't done this yet. I, I love Mary. Anybody love Mary, the mother of Jesus? Anybody love her? Come on, anybody love Mary? It's okay, come on. All my recovering Catholics, you're allowed to still love Mary. Come on, where are you? Anybody love Mary? As a Protestant kind of afraid, a little bit afraid of Mary, you know, because, you know, in our, in our Protestant faith, uh, some of the things that we do in Protestantism is to stand firm that don't be praying to Mary, all right? Can I get an amen from one of my Protestant brothers and sisters, okay? You know, you don't have to say, hail Mary and rub a rosary bead, you know, in order to get through your mess. You could just talk to God and ask him for your forgiveness and, you know, personally, all right? Now, all that being said, while we're doing all of this, all of that is not Mary's fault. All right? Mary did not tell everybody that they, you know, so many people that, that she, she's going to be an intercessor too. 
We also in our Protestant faith do not believe in immaculate conception. How many have ever heard Mary Immaculate? You've heard in the Immaculate Conception. The Immaculate Conception is not speaking of Jesus. Immaculate Conception is speaking of Mary. It's saying that Mary was divinely born in order that she would be someone that was suitable to give birth to Jesus. We don't believe... Let me show you this. Jennifer, you've done this before, haven't you? Come here. Come here. Come here. Be Mary for a minute, all right? One of the things I love about Mary is it's so easy to put a costume. Just any sheet or tablecloth. Okay, doesn't she look like Mary? Isn't that great? Come on. And, but what's your name? Mary. No, oh, Jennifer. My real name, Jennifer. Yeah, Jennifer. I put that on her head. She forgot who she was. Come here, Viv. Come on. Come on. Give, me, give, me, give me back, okay? Look. Look, here comes Vivian, all right? Vivian. Okay, now, look. Look. Look at this. What? Come on. Say Gloria a Dios or something. Gloria a Dios. All right? Uh-huh. Now, what's your name? Vivian. Yeah, she had to think about it, though. All right? Look. What's she look like? She looks like Mary, though, doesn't she? All right? But what's her name? Vivian. Vivian. Okay, isn't this cool? All right? I, I love this because uh, just so you understand, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not asking them to dramatize Mary right now. I love Mary because she was a normal, everyday individual. Come on. Anybody got that? I'll take my tape, my tape cloth back. All right. But you understand this, right? Mary was normal. Look around the room, all right? Mary was no different. We do this to people all the time. Uh, I think I told you the other day about Elijah, right? Remember Elijah? Remember Elijah prayed and the rain stopped? Then he prayed again the rain started again? The Bible says that Elijah was a man just like us. He was no different than us, all right? Now, how many know Jesus was different? Because he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He was both God and he was man. But for the rest of us, we are, we are all the same. I want you to understand that. Because Mary, when she says, how shall this be? I don't know a man. I, I'm telling you that because uh, Mary was no different than you and I. She wanted details. She wanted to know how this was going to take place. Now, uh, the, the, but the answer was kind of early in this teaching uh, because the, the Bible says that, that when the angel came to Mary, he said, you have found, see, you know the story, have found favor with God. Now, what does that mean? Why had she found favor? Had she given more than everybody in the collection? Had she outprayed everybody in, the, in, in, in Nazareth? Had she done that? No. What it is, the story is this. Mary had found favor because God is good. It's called grace. Somebody shout grace. Okay, so, so here I am. I'm the pastor. You know why I'm the pastor? Because I'm the biggest, baddest Christian in this whole room right now. That's why I'm the pastor. <laughs> I can out pray you, I can out preach you, I can out sing you. Don't mess with me, all right? I'm superpower, pastor. I am pastor Rick, that's right. I'm, no, I'm no different than anybody else in the house, all right? The, if, if, if I'm the pastor here and you say, well, that's a wonderful thing, I want you to know that I am a pastor by the grace of Almighty God, all right? You, have, you understand that? By his grace. So that's what's amazing about Mary. Uh, you know, it's, it's just... It's just grace. It's just the grace of God. Now, I want you to focus again on the sixth month because it wasn't in the first month, but in the sixth month. 
And the sixth month is all about God's timetable. Let's look at another a spectacular lady named Elizabeth, all right? And the Bible says, and, and we talked about this last Sunday, after those days, his wife Elizabeth conceived, and she hid herself five months, saying, Thus the Lord has dealt with me in the days when he looked to me on me to take away my reproach. Okay? So what is this about? Elizabeth, remember, Zechariah gets the word that she... Uh, that his wife Elizabeth, that the two of them are going to conceive and they're going to have a boy and his name is going to be John, who will, we will know as John the Baptist, right? So this takes place. Now it just so happened, don't you like the way God works, that Elizabeth is a relative of who? Mary, all right? So, so six months after after Elizabeth conceives John, any, any women that are pregnant that want to stand up and model? No, don't. Don't do that. I, I wouldn't do that to you. But, but you understand, at six months, usually a woman looks like she's six months pregnant. Right? So she is six months pregnant, and the angel says, I knew you would struggle with this, so what I've done is already the forerunner of Christ has been conceived in Elizabeth. You know where she lives, and what you really need is somebody to confirm, because sometimes we live in struggle, and we live in doubt. You see, Mary wasn't perfect. What I want you to know is that Elizabeth is pregnant, and you know she's too old to be pregnant. I love this. Elizabeth had kept on waiting. How many have waited a long time for God to do something? Elizabeth had waited so long, and she had felt the reproach of others in her life. Well, you're a daughter of Aaron. You, should, you don't have any favor in your life. It's not that I don't have any favor. It's just that I don't have God's clock. He does. And so Elizabeth waits year after year after year. Now, wait, wait. Not only did she wait year after year after year, but she knew, got any ladies know what I'm talking about? She knew that she was beyond childbearing years. There are things that happen, don't make me do a science class right now, that cause a woman to say, I ain't having any more babies. She wasn't going to have any more children. But God says, I'm a miraculous God, and I'll do things when I choose to do them. How many have been really broken before? Anybody been broken and messed up and thought God had not answered your prayers? It's not that God hasn't answered your prayers. It's that you just haven't gotten on God's calendar. You didn't get the download that God was still going to. How many know God is faithful, and he will do what he said he would do? Yeah. Psalm 37, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Psalm 27 and 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. And then Isaiah 40 and 31, but those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Anybody read this and understood what he's saying here? If you're waiting on the Lord, listen, if you're waiting on the Lord, God will give you the strength to hang in there until God shows up with what he said he was going to do. You understand this? Some of you say, well, if you wait on the Lord, sooner or later you'll get strong. No, he says you'll make it through the waiting period when you acknowledge that what you're really doing is waiting on God. 
That was a good word for somebody in the house. So, first lesson, God's timing is what? God's timing is always perfect. John the Baptist, Elizabeth, Zechariah, all that had to take place at exactly the right time. So why did the angel Gabriel come in the sixth month? In the sixth month is, if you read in order in the scripture, first of all, Elizabeth gets pregnant. She's in seclusion for five months. And then we come to the sixth month. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Mary gets a word from God. You got that? Because God's timing is perfect. God's word is also comprehensive. An angel of the Lord appears to Mary in the sixth month and tells her, tells her she is going to have a child. And, and look at this. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son. Hear, hear this. Remember, Mary is also in a struggle. Elizabeth was in a struggle because she was too old. Mary's in a struggle because she is too young. You get that? Mary is too young. She is betrothed to Joseph, but she doesn't know Joseph. So she is too young, and Elizabeth is too old. So, but the angel says to Mary, I'm going to confirm my word with you through your cousin who is older, who is having a similar miracle, not the same miracle, a step below your miracle, but she is six months pregnant and she has a testimony. Anybody understand what I'm saying? This is how God, God works. God's word that you're trying to hold on to, listen, there's somebody else in the room that's already experienced it. But you decide not to come to church. Uh, okay. Hello. And the word, the word that they are living out was not just for them. Get this. The miracle that you experienced is not just for you. The word that you have received is not just your word. Look, I got a miracle. You didn't just get a miracle. The miracle that you have received is also for someone else. Anybody ever heard of a testimony before? You know, you know what I'm saying? You see, some of you, in order to get through your dilemma, your control freak moment, what you need to do is lay down your contingencies and stand up and say, this is what I'm going through. Anybody else going through that? Or God, because his word is comprehensive, you think his word was just for you. No, no, no. His word is also for others in the house as well. Some of them have already received his word, but you're so busy saying, well, you know, it might. I don't think I want to even talk to anybody else. And so you live in silence. And you live in fear rather than getting yourself up and going to Elizabeth's house. You need a conversation with a witness. You're not the only one pregnant. Don't be angry. 
You're not the only one going through this. Don't be so filled with doubt. Trust God's word. Isaiah 55, 10. You love this? For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven and does not return there, but waters the earth and makes it bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Come on. What God's saying is, when, when it rains, don't think, oh, it's just a rainy day. How many have ever done that? Well, God, oh, it's raining. Or some people say, praise God, it's raining. We needed the rain. Or when it snows in the wintertime, oh, it's snowing. What you, what you don't realize is that God has a larger purpose than, come on, God has a bigger purpose than you realize. So if you're going through a rainy season, understand that that rain is also bringing forth great fruit. And it's not just your fruit, but you're going to walk to a, listen, you're going to be upset with the rain, and then you're going to go to the grocery store, and you're going to buy some tomatoes, and you're going to say, I was so frustrated with that rainy day, but if it wasn't for the rainy day, you wouldn't have the tomatoes. Praise God. So Mary gets up and immediately heads to Elizabeth's house. She'd been hidden for five months. Ain't nobody seen her. Why? She's waiting on a visit. And watch what happens. In verse 39, when Mary rose in those days and went to the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth, it happened. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, Elizabeth, are you home? <laughs> Come on. The Bible says when it happened, it happened. When Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, that the babe leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Anybody got that? What's going on? This is a spiritual moment. Anybody ever had a word at the right time? Anybody ever had that? You just walked into the house and somebody saw you and said, you are such a gift. It is so good to see you. You know, I've been praying about you and I know that God is not finished doing what he said he was going to do. And part of you says, I don't know, I hate it when people talk all that religious smack to me. I hate all. You need to get over yourself and realize that the Holy Spirit is in somebody else's life for you. So what's happening in the room right now? Some of you have been waiting on a word. And when I said God's timing, you said, ah, oh, that's a word for me. And then when I said comprehensive, you said, well, that, you know, you've always thought the word was for somebody else, but it wasn't for you. Same word for me, also for you. All right. Come on. How many know we need the church? We need to get out of our isolation. Come on. You need, listen, if you want to get through what you're going through, you need to get around some pregnant people. You've been barren for way too long. Breathe that for a minute. Need to get around where you see God moving. Praise Jesus. Okay. I'm, I'm finished. Wait, one more lesson and then I'm finished. Let's just take a second. God plans to prosper you. Say it. God plans to prosper me. God plans to prosper who? 
Verse 45. Elizabeth just all full of herself. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. I'm saying this to you. Blessed are you who believe, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which you were told from the Lord. All right? Anybody ever had that moment? What? Anybody ever had that? Where God just spoke something that was what you needed? Tell somebody, don't stop believing. I know, I know when, when we say it this season, when we say, believe, all right? Everybody shout, believe. believe. Blessed are you who believe, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to you already by the Lord. Amen. Blessed are you who believe, for there will be a fulfillment. Come on. I need to find a believer in the house. Is there a believer? Amen. Come here. Would you come and help me finish the sermon? Got a microphone? She sings so pretty. And then Mary sings in Luke chapter 1, verse 46. And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. And some people think, well, that's just Mary. That's true, it's about Mary, and we should call her blessed. She's, how many know she's blessed? Anybody know that? We should do that. But he goes, she goes on, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Would you lift your hands and just say, my soul, does magnify, my soul magnifies the Lord. Say it, my soul magnifies the Lord. He's going to prosper me. Sing that, my soul my soul doth magnify the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. My soul doth magnify the Lord. And my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior, my soul Emmanuel, Spirit. Welcome. Yeah, you can honor him. Okay. I want my prayer team to come, my altar workers to come and be ready to minister to people. Um, and I want to call uh, individuals to the altar who are in need of prayer. And I, I feel a confirmation about having people ready to pray. So I don't know if I want anybody to pray for me. I just want to be by myself. Come on, Mary. Get to Elizabeth's house. Get to Elizabeth's house. I don't need anybody anointing me and praying for me. I just, no. No, the Lord set this up in his word. If you have sick among you, call for the elders of the church and let them anoint them with oil and the prayer of faith 
will save the sick and they can overcome their sin. If they've got sin, it'll be forgiven them. So, but it's not just for those sicknesses. It's also for those in the room that are struggling with God's timing. Those who are struggling because they have had a word from God, but it hasn't been fulfilled yet. Am I? Come on, come on down. Just start coming down. Come, come on down. I don't want to spin my wheels here. Come on, come on. For some of you that just have questions, maybe these people aren't here to pray for you. Maybe they're just here to talk with you right now. Maybe you need to say, this is what God's saying, or maybe you just need a word from heaven. Okay? Come on, we're going to pray for you. All right? Now, before you leave the room, before you leave the room also, praise Jesus. I want you to look around where you're seated. Just look around where you're seated. Okay? I know some of you say, well, I sit here all the time. But sometimes the environment is not exactly the same. Maybe it's across the aisle. But you're Elizabeth. There are Elizabeths and Marys all over the room. And we have lit a candle of hope today. There's somebody nearby you that needs hope. There's somebody nearby you that needs peace. And it may not be what you say. It may be that you just hold their hand for a moment. It may be that you just minister to them. Would you take the next couple of minutes wherever you are? I bless you. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace and hope as you experience God's miraculous ways. Someone nearby you, I want you to take a moment. If the Lord has a word for them, speak the word. If you want to pray for somebody, go ahead. Take a few moments. Minister to one another together. Would you do that? Take a few moments. And then when you're finished, you can be dismissed. And if you're new, please join us in the hospitality room. God bless you all. Go home. Light some candles. Pray. Be full of hope.